Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, good morning and welcome back to Valley Rise as we continue. We start our first week of the series, Summer at Valley Rise. Summer at Valley Rise is awesome. It's going to be a compilation of great messages to help get you through the summer slump. I don't know about you, but summer for me sometimes there's like a slump. It just kind of feels like you're just out of routine. The kids are home. They can only stay locked to their bedroom so long. They're climbing up the walls. You want to run away, you know. Maybe that's just my kids. No, your kids? Okay. Maybe it's just my kids. I have wild kids. Um, hey, we're going to pray. Serve Day is happening. First of all, let me say this before we pray. Serve Day is happening this weekend. You don't want to miss it. How many of you were there last year for Serve Day? When we did Serve Day last year? Yeah, awesome. Hey, we had such a great time. We made such an impact. We're going, I'll give you some more information about that at the end of the service, but it's going to be great. I encourage you, if you can be here next weekend, Saturday, we're going to spend the day just serving our community and doing some serve projects in our area to reflect just how much we love this area. So, hey, we're going to pray and we're jump into it. Dear God, thank you so much for each and every person here. God, thank you that you want to speak to us today. Your heart, God, is to speak to us, to meet us, and we ask that you would do that. God, we pray that you would transform our hearts and minds like only you can. Pray that it wouldn't be my words, but that it would be your words, God. That as you speak to us, changes happen inside of our heart and minds. Thank you, Jesus, for being such an amazing, amazing God. Thank you that we get to worship you. We get to serve you. Thank you that we get to be here with all these awesome people. I pray that we get closer to you today and closer to each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, um, we're going to talk about serving today. we got Serve Week coming up, and so I wanted to talk to you about serving. Valley Rise Church was born out of serving, pretty much. When we moved here, we moved here, and two weeks after we moved here, Harvey hit. How many of you were here when Harvey hit? That was, it was chaos. Like, it was, it was, you know, being in Tomball, we didn't get the worst of it. But immediately, I started getting calls from people around the city that, that needed help. I was a medic in the Air Force, and so every year I've worked with the Cajun Navy. And I've told you all of some of those stories about the Cajun Navy, which is awesome. People talk about it like it's like an official branch of the military. Like, we would pull up to these roadblocks, and you'd be like, nobody can go through here. All these police officers and fish and wildlife, you know, no one can go through here. We'd be like, we're with the Cajun Navy. They'd be like, oh, okay, y'all can come through. I'm like, you know, it's not like a real thing. Like, we don't have badges or anything. Like, I'm not wearing uniforms. Like, I mean, <laughs> sure, come on in. Um, so we would serve with the Cajun Navy and, and begin. We, all we had was some Valley Rise shirts, and we said, let's go out and go in the areas that need help around here and just start helping people. And so we began to live the worst moments of people's lives with them. And it was in those moments that I realized this is what God has called us to. He's called us to serve these people. And each person we helped out of a house or helped go back and get their house. And I'm telling you, there is no moment like living in someone's worst moment with them. I remember probably a hundred times living out the moment of people going, can you take me to my house? I just need to get some clothes. I don't think we're flooded, but we just need to get some stuff out of our house. And we would bring them to their house only to discover they had a feed or two of water in their house and to watch the look on their face as they broke. And I lived that moment with people over and over and over and over and over. And you don't realize how big of an impact you're making in people's lives until you're there in those moments. And God began to stir something in me that we were in an area that we were going to serve that way. 
That God had called us here not just to build a great church, but to build a church that would serve a community like Jesus would serve the community. Service was big to Jesus, Matthew 20, 24. Jesus has pulled his disciples together, and now he's telling them for the third time that he's going to be betrayed. He's telling them what's about to happen. Jesus keeps trying to tell the disciples what's going to happen, and for some reason the disciples don't listen. So Jesus pulls them together, and he said, this is what he says. The other ten disciples were listening to all this, and jealous anger arose among them against the two brothers. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, called them to his side and said, Kings and those with great authority in this world rule oppressively over their subjects like tyrants. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you, you will, will, the greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others. Because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. I think it's pretty important if in this moment Jesus leading up to his death takes time to stop and tell them, listen, you're arguing about who's going to be greatest. He's talking about the two brothers, James and John, are asking who's going to be the greatest when we get to heaven. Jesus, where you're podding us, who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to sit on your right and left hand? When you go into your heavenly kingdom, Jesus, what are we going to do? And Jesus goes, listen, if you, he stops everything. Now, if you are a couple days from dying, there's probably a lot on your mind. You're probably thinking about some important stuff. Jesus thinks now is an important time to tell them and us, hey, listen, if you want to be the greatest, the way you become the greatest is to serve people. And that model has been the same. And I love it because Jesus, what he says is, is you're going to live by a completely different model. You've seen all these rulers, you've seen the kings, you've seen Caesar, you've seen all these people that are living to be served, but you're going to live by an entirely different model. And the model you're going to live by is the more you serve others, the greater you become. How many of you know when you first get saved, oftentimes Christianity can be fairly introspective. You get saved and, you, and, and maybe if you're like me, you have a laundry list of things in your mind that you need to work on i got to get better in this, and now I'm a Christian, so I don't do this, and now i got to try this, and okay, i got to fix this, and i got to... And it can become very much about us. And I, it's understandably so, because you start to look inside. You start to see things you never saw before. You start to... But I love how Jesus works, because the truth is, when we get saved, God transforms us from the inside out as we serve and love the world around us. As we take our eyes off of ourselves and go, Jesus, how can I make a difference now in the world around me? He begins to change things inside of us. You've heard me say before, all sin that ever existed in the whole world is selfish. The root of it is selfishness. It's me. It's I want to fulfill some desire that I have. Every sin that there ever is, the root of it is selfishness. All true love is selfless. And you cannot be selfless and selfish at the same time. So the way that God oftentimes works things out of us in our lives is as we are selfless and as we serve others, the selfishness inside of our life begins to, be get, begins to get worked out of us. It's the different model Jesus is talking about. He says, you're going to live by a different model and it's going to change everything. I want to give you today four reasons why I believe God calls us to serve. Four reasons that God calls us to serve. Number one, we were created to serve. We were created to serve. You say, what do you mean, Christian? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. Ephesians 2, 10. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art. First of all, let me just stop and say this. I love to say this to you guys. Probably say it too much. You are God's workmanship. 
You were created just the way that you are. You're not a mistake. God didn't mess up. God wasn't having an off day when he created you. God created you just the way you are. And you're on a journey that God wrote out for you. And God loves you just where you're sitting today. He doesn't want any of us to stay there. He wants all of us to grow. But if there's ever a doubt in your mind that maybe you weren't who you were supposed to be, I want you to remember that you are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art. Some of you, you go, yeah, trust me, I'm a real work of art. You don't even know. Created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set, so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. What does he say? He says, listen, God created you to do good works. He created you to serve the world around you. The the plan for Jesus to transform the world was never that Jesus was going to be a great preacher. Think about it. If you were going to send someone to change the world, maybe you would send someone who's a prolific speaker. Maybe you'd send someone that would just gather, maybe Billy Graham. You'd be like, okay, Billy Graham is the guy we would send to change the world because he's a great speaker and people come listen to him and he's... You would pick someone maybe that has an amazing skill or an amazing talent. But Jesus goes, the way that I'm going to change the world isn't any of those things. The way that I'm going to change the world is by serving the world. The way that I'm going to change my community is by serving my community. Hey, can 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 I pastor you for a second? The way that you're going to change your spouse is by serving your spouse. The way that you're going to change your family is by serving your family. The way you're going to change your siblings is by serving your siblings. God's idea for change was never that we would come in and force change, never that we would preach change, never that we would do magic tricks and change would happen. It was always that we would serve the world and change would happen when they see our hearts. God's plan was that we were created to serve. It's why I love the dream team. The dream team is every single person that you saw here this morning. If they were greeting you or helping you get coffee or running sound or doing worship or set up and tear down. and They are awesome. And they're all people that said, hey, I want to use a gift that God gave me to serve and help build this church. All of us have a gift. You may be going, Christian, I don't have a gift. Listen, you have a gift. All of us have something that you do better than everybody else. There is something inside of you that God put there that no one can do like you. It might be greeting someone. It might be giving out. You may be the best hugger in this church, okay? You may be able to play an instrument. The guy who's playing drums this morning came up to us three weeks ago. He goes, hey, I don't, I don't know if you'll ever need another drummer, but I play the drums. I'm like, do we need, we're looking for drummers all the time. I pretty much almost kissed him on the mouth. That's weird, Ian. But I'm like, we always need drummers. You have a gift that only you can do. And God wants to take that gift and he wants to use it to serve the community around you, to serve your family, to serve the world. You were created to serve. Number two, serving is evidence that we belong to Christ. Serving is evidence that we belong to Christ. 1 John 4. Our love for others is our grateful response. Listen to this. This is so good. Okay, How many of you ever heard the scripture, he who is forgiven much loves much? He was forgiven much, loves much. If you haven't heard it, that's a scripture. You're welcome. Um, Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. Pause. I'll read the rest of it in a second. How do you know that you've received the love of God? Maybe you're, I grew up in church. I got saved every single week. Every single week I was coming down. Okay, done, every single week I had to go down to the altar call, pray the prayer. I was like, I know I did so many bad things this week. If I'm going to go to hell if I die tonight. So get that right. Then I can go. I'll come back next week. Every single week. 
from the time I was like seven. Like I literally would come up every, every single service. And my dad would make us go to all three services. So he'd be like, if you were living in sin, I'm like, that's me. They're like, you're seven. What could you be doing? I'm like, a lot of bad stuff. I'm on, I'm on a real broad road. And I'm not proud of it. Um, but I would go to sleep oftentimes going, how do I know that I love God? God, how do, God, I think I love you, but how do I know that I am secure? How do I know? He gives us the answer right here. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated for us. Anyone can say, I love God, yet have hatred toward another believer. This makes him a phony. Because if you don't love a brother or sister whom you can see, how can you truly love God whom you can't see? For he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also demonstrate love to others. Think about that. When you take inventory of your life and you go, God, how do I love you? God, God, am I doing the things I need to do? God goes, demonstrate your love for me by loving the world around you. When Jesus tells his disciples, if you've done it to the least of them, you've done it to me. When you helped out the person that was naked and needed clothing. When I was in prison and you came and visited me. When I was hungry and you fed me. If you've done it for the least of them, you've done it for me. I always love the song, you know, you will know they are Christians by their love, by their love. You guys remember that song? No, just me. You will know they are Christians by their love, by their love. Mm. I love that song. We used to sing it all the time. But the truth is, it is you will know they are Christians by their love. I've been around some people that have been in church their whole life that say they love Jesus that do all the Bible studies, that read every book, that are mean as the devil. And I always just think, how in the world can you love God so much and hate people so much? Like, it makes no sense to me. Because the evidence that we love God is that we love people. God, they come to Jesus and they say, what is the greatest commandment, Jesus? And Jesus breaks the entire Bible down into two commandments. Now, for the Jews, you got to understand, they have over 600 commandments. Over 600 commandments. So they are constantly checking on commandments. You know, do we, we got to do this right. We got to do this right. We got to make sure we do this. We gotta, they are always trying to make sure they're covering all of their bases. And Jesus, they say, which one of these of the 600 plus commands, Jesus, is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, listen, let me break it down for you and give you the most important commandments. This is big. This is, like, this is like you having a hundred road rules that you got to follow when you drive and a police officer going, if you follow this one rule, you'll be Gucci. Everything's going to be good, okay? I don't know why I said that. That was, I don't know. <laughs> Something came over me. You, you will be good. <laughs> I've been talking to my son too much. He's teaching me all this language. He's like, bet, dad. I'm like, bet what? He's like, it means yes. I'm like, it doesn't mean yes. It means bet. Like, I don't know. The whole new generation. Um... What was that? <laughs> so he says, I'm going to give you the two rules that are the most important rules that you can follow. He says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart. And after that, love your neighbor as yourself. If you will do those two things, everything else will take care of itself. How do we know that we are Christians? Serving is the evidence that we belong to Christ. Can I ask you a question? What involvement do other people play in your life? Truthfully, I had to ask myself this question as I wrote this. Because we can get in our routines and you can go and drive to work and work hard and come home from work and you're with your family. and We all have our own routines and our own schedules. But when's the last time you altered your schedule to include serving somebody else? 
Then maybe you saw somebody on the side of the road and said, hey, you know what, I'm going to pull over and help them fix this flat because if I was on the side of the road, I'd want somebody to pull over and help me fix this flat. Hey, this guy that's walking, I'm going to stop and ask him if he wants to jump in and, and I can take him down the road. Like, I don't advocate picking up random strangers. If you get murdered by picking up a hitchhiker, this is not my fault. That's my disclaimer. Okay, now, <laughs> when is the last time, though, that you altered your schedule to help someone? Simple as grabbing a grocery cart for somebody, getting something off of, I am tall. I'm the tallest Mexican in captivity, okay? They asked me to stand in the Hispanic Heritage Museum twice a week to give young Mexicans hope. <laughs> I'm 6'4". When I go to the grocery store, if there is an elderly woman there, they're going to ask me to grab everything off the top shelf. It doesn't matter what aisle I walk down. They're like, can you get the beans? I'm like, sure. They're like, can you get a bag of rice? I'm like, why is this stuff getting heavier? Can you get stuff on the bottom shelf? Like... But honestly, so many times I'm tempted to just like walk away because I know they're going to ask me. And I'm reminded, how often do I alter my daily schedule to serve somebody else? When's the last time that I changed my routine to make someone else's day better? That I went out of my way to make sure that someone didn't have to go out of their way? Number three, serving is the best use of our time. Serving truly is the best use of our time. 1 Corinthians 15. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. I have a moment in my mind of the very first time that I ever served somebody. And it did something inside of me. I'll never forget it as long as I live. The craziest memory, I don't understand, I was in sixth grade. I was in New Orleans on a field trip at the Aquarium of the Americas or whatever it's called. It's a big aquarium. It's way better than our aquarium. The aquarium in Houston is not a good aquarium. If you work at the aquarium, we need to do something about that. <laughs> if, you're, if you just moved here and you want to visit, don't, okay? The huge aquarium, massive aquarium. And I'm there, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm my, I, I went to a, like, a, like a private Christian school, okay? And so I'm, we're there in our little like beaver cleaver uniforms, you know, and like our little khaki shorts and button-up shirts and our belts tucked in and like hair combed over. Like we all look very nice. And, and there is a school there from the inner city, and there's some kids that, that are, don't look as nice as what we look like. And there's a kid standing at this little penny machine. And you know how they press the pennies or whatever, how it does the pennies? And, and you like put it in, you turn it, and then it comes out. And it's like a flattened penny with the logo. And he was standing there, and he was looking for money because he wanted to get a little penny. And, and I've reached in my pocket, and I had like a handful of change. I don't know, my mom just sent me with a bag of nickels or something. I'm just like, this is all I and, and I remember looking over, and everyone in our class was going. And this kid's standing there looking. And I said, hey, you can, you can have my money. You know, you can, you can use it to get a penny or whatever. And so he, he looked at me and said, really? I said, yeah. So he took it and got a penny, and we're both excited for him. And I, I walked away, and I, for the first time in my entire life that I remember, I felt the visible smile of God on me at seven, ten years old, whatever I was. I felt a moment where God literally almost spoke to me, this is what it's all about. Nothing will ever fulfill you like moments like this. Nothing will ever do this feeling inside of you like these moments. Why? Because God created us that way. Have you ever heard it's better to give than to? Well, you know why that is? Because when we receive, only we receive. When we give, they receive and we receive. 
Because God created us in such a way that when we serve others, it fulfills and fuels something inside of us. Serving is the best use of our times. When we serve ourselves, we benefit ourselves. When we serve others, we benefit the world. When you serve yourself, you benefit yourself. If I go out and cut my grass and if I do work in my house and if I, if I just do whatever the things I need to get done on a daily basis and I serve myself, at the end of the day, I lay my head down and I go, man, that was awesome. Yeah, everything's accomplished. All my things are accomplished. When I take that time and serve the world around me and serve others, not only do I benefit the world, not only do I become a catalyst for change in people's lives, but then I lay down in bed at night and I realize that I also served myself, that I did what God called me to do. That as I loved him, I loved the world around me. Number four, serving gives you purpose. Serving gives you purpose. Mark 8, 35. For if you let your life go for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will continually experience true life. But if you choose to keep your life for yourself, you will forfeit what you try and keep Serving gives you purpose. Albert Einstein said, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. The meaning of life is to find your gift. And the purpose of life is to give it away. Imagine living a life in such a way that you were fully set on daily giving whatever is inside of you away to the world around you. When I was a kid, people would go, you know, what do you want to do in life? What do you want to, you ever ask your kids that, what do you want to do in life? If you don't, you shouldn't until they're older because they give horrible answers when they're younger. Like, Eli's like, I want to be a sushi chef. I'm like, that's, that's, your, that's the whole life aspirations, huh? Sushi chef, okay? Finley was like, I want to be a baker. I'm like, a baker? That's a, okay, I guess. Like, and she said something. What did she say the other day? She was like, a baker and a ninja. I'm like, well, we'll work on that. But be some scary cupcakes. I don't know. Um, but I, they would always ask me, what do you want to do? And I always said the same thing since I was a kid. I want to do a job. Like, the only one I could think of was a clown or a rodeo, like, um, like a, a roadie, like at a carnival. You know, the guys that, like, play games with people or whatever and just try and get you to spend money. Um, I was like, I want to do something like that for people where I just go to their offices and hang out with them and make their day better. Like, I'm just, I just, like, I because I realized there was something inside of me that made people's days better. I realized that when I showed up, we had more fun. I realized that I could change an atmosphere with what God put inside of me. You know what I get to do now? I get to go hang out with you, and I get to make your day better. I get to go meet with people and make their days better. I get to hang out in coffee shops with people and make their days better. I get to go to your business and make your day better. I get to do what God put the gift inside of me to do. The gift that God put inside of me was not just for me. It was for the world. And if I keep it for me, I'm miserable. But when I give it away, everyone benefits, and I benefit as well. Serving gives you purpose. Purpose is often found. When we are extrospective, not introspective. I know what you're thinking. Extrospective is not a word. You are wrong. I looked it up. It is a word. <laughs> extrospective. Purpose is often found when we are extrospective, not introspective. What does that mean? You ever find people that go, I'm just trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do in life. I'm just, trying, I'm just, I'm just understanding me. I'm just getting to know me. Just trying to learn me. Like, that's always weird when people say that. I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like, I don't know. Just learning me, figuring me out. You know what those people do? They try and figure themselves out their whole life. Okay? Their whole, you meet them at 80, like, what are you doing? Just really learning myself, getting acquainted with myself, and just really being comfortable with me. And because you don't find purpose in you. 
You find purpose when you look around and go, how can I serve the world around me? And one day you go, man, I got a gift to help people. Man, I got a gift to, to, to do business. I got a gift to be a doctor. I got a gift to be a lawyer. I got a gift to pick up trash. I got a gift to be a police officer. I got a, and as I serve the world around me, I begin to find purpose in what I'm doing for those around me. We will never find purpose when we're simply looking inside and trying to figure out what we like to do. Because what you really like to do, what God created you that really will fuel you, always involves other people. It's what God's master plan was. His plan was that he would put gifts inside of you that the world could benefit from. That he would put things inside of you that would be agents for change in the world around you. That he would put gifts inside of you that the world desperately needs. And if no one's ever told you this, you have something that the world needs. You have, that's great. Yes, please clap. God, we're going to be a clapping church one day. We're going to be a clapping church one day. Manuel, you can come up as I close. The world says, do what benefits you. Do what benefits you. Scripture says, do what benefits others. The world says, this is the different model Jesus is talking about in the first verse that I read to you. The world says, do what benefits you. Make all the money you can make. Set yourself up. Have a big retirement. Do whatever you got to do to benefit you. Scripture says, live a life that benefits others, and it will benefit you. Live a life where you give yourself away. I don't know. We all have dreams in life, and, and maybe if, you, if somebody were to say, hey, what are your dreams? Write down the things if you could accomplish in your lifetime that would make you fulfilled. Maybe you've already done that. Maybe you've got a bucket list of stuff that you think. But I always had a desire inside of me. That at the end of my life, I had a conversation with some friends and they said, what do you want people to say about you when you die? It's kind of a morbid conversation, but we were talking about when Billy Graham died. And I just said, I think it would be so cool to live a life in such a way that when you died, the whole world mourned. Think about that. That the whole world was like, God, like we really lost a good one. Like that was pretty impressive. Most of us will live life and we'll die and the people around us will know and nobody else will really care. <laughs> But what, what a thing to live a life where you served the world in such a way that when you die, the whole world goes, God, they really made a difference. They really did something that impacted the world. I believe that we all have an opportunity to do that. I believe that we all have an opportunity. And you may be saying to yourself, Christian, how could I do that? Christian, I'm just a builder. Christian, I'm just a welder. Christian, I just work a job, nine to five. How can I make a difference in the world around me? I was, um, I was in um, Lafayette for the 500-year flood. You guys remember like the 500-year flood? It happened the year before Harvey. I don't know why all these floods. It happened the year before Harvey. And like 60,000 homes in my hometown area from there to Baton Rouge flooded. It was wild. So we're going and serving people and helping muck out their homes. And we're just, I mean, literally working like 18-hour days, just going, just serving, serving, doing whatever we can to help the community. And uh, there was one house that was right behind, my dad has a church in Lafayette. It's right behind his church. And I'm driving out. We weren't even going. We're driving out to go to another neighborhood. And I look over and I see a guy. That's, that's coming out of his house. We're sort of stops and I see him go in and go out a couple times. And, and I, I told the guys with me, I said, hey, let's go help this guy tear out his drywall. Obviously he's by himself. You know, let's go help this guy real quick. We had a big team. We knocked this house out in 30 minutes and we'll go do what we're, the rest of the stuff we're supposed to do. 
So we pull up and we get out with all our stuff and, and the guy comes to the driveway and he's carrying drywall and he looks at me and he just goes, y y can I help you? And I said, hey, no, we, we want to help you. And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, we're with the church right here and we're just going around helping people, you know, tear out the drywall. And if you'll let us, we'll come in and do all this in 30 minutes. And he literally looked at me and he just started weeping. He was probably 65 years old. He just starts weeping. He drops the stuff in his hands. He just starts crying in front of us. And he goes, I've, I have nobody. I live here. I have one sister in town who's older than me. I have nobody. I've been working on this since yesterday when the water, as soon as the water went down, I have no, why would y'all help me? And I just said, that's just what we do. We just love helping people. We just love loving people. We just, can, can we help you? And he sat on a milk crate and literally wept the entire 30 minutes that we, it took us to take out all of his drywall. And he just wept. When we left, he just said, I don't understand why y'all would do this. I don't understand why you would do this for me. How many of you know God serving is never a chore? It is a moment that God entrusts us with in people's lives. It is a moment that God entrusts us with in people's lives. There was a moment right there. Where he goes, why would you do this for me? If you as a pastor cannot kick that field goal, you need to get off the field, okay? Why would you help me? I don't deserve help. Hey, let me tell you why I would help you. Serving opens a door for us to share Jesus with that no other thing does. The backstory to that. There was a lady when I grew up in my Christian school that was our secretary. She had been the secretary forever. Her name was Miss, Miss Araby. Miss Araby had been the secretary there as long as I knew. She was old. Okay. I, I leave Lafayette. We were in for a couple weeks help, and we leave, and I get a phone call. And, and my dad says, you are never going to believe what happened. I said, what? He said, the guy that y'all prayed for and cleaned out his house right behind the church, the older guy, yeah, yeah. He goes, that is Miss Araby, the school secretary's brother that she's been disconnected for, been praying for him for 30 years to get saved. 30 years. And it wasn't a message that got him saved. It wasn't going to church that got him saved. It wasn't his sister witnessing to him that got him saved. It was us serving him in a moment that God presented to us. We serve because it is a moment that God entrusts us with in people's lives. And when we take advantage of it, God takes it and does more than we could ever imagine. If Jesus could serve the world and impact your life and my life by his service, then we can impact the lives of way more people than we could ever imagine as we serve the community around us. We get the privilege this Saturday to serve our community. I'll never forget driving through, going the first time I came to Tomball and walking through H-E-B. People probably thought I was so weird. I'm just walking through H-E-B and I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just crying. I'm just like walking around. We just pulled up here. We're like, is this the area? You know, we're trying to figure out what area we wanted to be in. And I'm just crying, looking at these people pushing their carts. They're probably like, Man, this guy's never seen an H-E-B. Like, I don't know. Isn't... Which is impressive. I'm like, <laughs> it was half because the H-E-B was so awesome and half because of the people. And I'm sitting there and I'm just watching people and I'm just crying. And in that moment, God spoke to my heart and said, you're going to serve these people the rest of your life. You're going to serve this community the rest of your life. These people will be on the dream team. These people will be your friends. These people will help you build what I've called you to build. We have an opportunity to serve those people.
We have an opportunity to serve a community who desperately needs to see the love of Jesus in a real tangible way. You don't have to preach a message. You don't have to give a testimony. Sometimes it's as easy as picking up a weed eater and cutting somebody's yard that maybe they couldn't have done for themselves. It's as easy as visiting with someone at an Alzheimer's unit that maybe they haven't had somebody visit them in a long time. And God entrusts us with these moments because as we love others, we show our love for him. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear God, we're so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful, God, that you entrust us with moments to serve our world. God, that your master plan for changing everything wasn't what our plan is, God. It's not how we think. You said we're going to do it totally different, and the way that you're going to change the world is by serving them. God, may we never forget that that's what you ultimately called us to do. Love you and love the world around us. God, I pray today that you would give us opportunities even this week leading up to serve day to serve the world around us. God, that there would be moments that we can stop and go out of our way. Moments, God, that we feel you touch our heart and say, hey, help them. And in those moments, God, that you create opportunities for us to share the love of God with people. God, we know that you created us to serve. I pray that you would fulfill those areas in our hearts like only you can. And as we give our gift away, God, that you would refresh and replenish us. God, I just pray that those moments would come to fruition even this week. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, there may be some of you here today that say, Christian, You know, I hear you talking about loving God and and loving people. I've never experienced that kind of a relationship with God. Maybe you've had church or you've had religion, but you've never had a relationship with God. Born out of love, not out of rules, not out of what you have to do, but what you get to do. A relationship where Jesus isn't mad at you or angry with you. But that he wants to empower you to grow and give your gift away to the world around you. If that's you, nobody's looking except for me. I just want to pray with you. If you would, say, Christian, today, I want to start that relationship. Would you just slip your hand up real quick so I can pray with you? Amen. 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 You can put your hands down. Now we're going to pray this. We're going to pray it all together. You can pray it out loud. You can pray it under your breath. You can pray it in your heart. As long as you mean it is what I ask. Dear Lord Jesus. Today I realize I have a need for you. I have a need that only you can fill. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you came from heaven to earth to live a perfect life. And then I believe that you died a death I should have died to pay my sin bill so that I wouldn't have to. And Jesus, I believe that you rose from the dead to give me new life and freedom. Today, Jesus, I choose you to follow you all the days of my life and to serve the world around me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, would you give a hand to those who just made the greatest decision of their lives? Amen. Amen.
Hey, Valley Rise, I am so proud of you guys. You guys are amazing. You guys always show up to serve. I know that this week is going to be no different. You have a gift that we need. Listen, we're doing good right now, but we're always better when you're here. We're always better when you're operating the gift that God gave you. So we're excited for this Saturday. If you want to sign up for Serve Day, you can sign up in the back. There'll be, uh, there's a table right there. One of our team members will be there. You can go. They'll get your information, sign you up, give you all the details. We'll rendezvous at a certain point on Saturday morning, and then we'll break up and go do some Serve projects, and then we'll have lunch together, and it'll be awesome. Um, and we got the coolest shirts in the world that Christina designed. Hey, give up for Christina. She does all of our graphic stuff. She really, anything you see that goes on the screen comes out of her. Anything you see on her Instagram comes out of her. And so she created the cool, I am so excited. Y'all are going to love them. We're going we're gonna to have to get even more. I already know they're so cool. Um, so Saturday morning, you can sign up back there. Um, i trying to think if there's anything else I need to tell y'all. Um, is there, everybody's looking at me. Okay, good. Hey, if you have kids that want to go to Motion, you can talk to Abby or Cody in the back, um, and we, we, that's going to be great. Motion's our student conference that we're taking kids to in Alabama. So those of you who were here last week heard all about it. Hey, um, if you can't prepare to worship with your giving today, we've got three ways that you can do that here. None of this happens without you. And like I always say, we will never ask you to give at Valley Rise. The Bible says every man should decide in his own heart what the Lord would have him give. So we do say you ask God, and whatever God tells you to do, that's what we want you to do. We trust God. So you can give it an offering envelope, you can give online at valleyrisechurch.com, or you can give, or you can text Valley Rise in the amount to 77296. You guys are such a generous church, and we're so thankful that we get to be here. All of this, everything you see that happens here happens because of you. And so we are grateful that we get to do life with you. I'm going to pray over this. They're going to pass these buckets, and we can get out of here. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.